Hi there, my name's Warren. I'm one of the co-founders at 33Shake and welcome to the 33Shake podcast, which today is all about dairy and your performance. Milk, cheese, yogurt, they've all been at the centre of our diets for so long. The assumption that these good, natural, healthy products goes almost without question, particularly when so many dairy industry marketing campaigns like Got Milk over in America and Make My Milk in the UK reinforce this positive messaging. But for serious performance and serious health, the evidence against dairy is really starting to stack up. Which means that when it comes to the issue of dairy products and athletic performance, the answer is increasingly showing dairy should maybe be avoided. So on today's show, we are weighing, weighing the evidence. That's whey as in whey protein, which is a dairy product, you get it, weighing. Okay, look, it was a terrible gag. Anyway, look, we are going to look at the evidence uh, and we're also going to look at the simplest and best ways that you can navigate the dairy tightrope because at 33 Shake, as always, our mission is delivering maximum value to endurance athletes. We do it in this podcast by sharing the very best in nutrition, training and mindset tips and tricks for your performance. And we do it in store at 33shake.com with our awesome natural sports nutrition. Uh, with that said, let's get on with the show. Let's start with the delightful subject of drugs, hormones, and illness. What a lovely place to start. Um, because industrially produced milk, industrially produced dairy milk, which is basically 95% of the milk that's on the market, um, comes from animals that are often not very well. Uh, and if they are well, it's because they're being pumped with a lot of antibiotics and other medication in order to keep them functional, at least, um, in what are often, well, they're always crowded conditions, but often they're not very sanitary either. So these animals are in close proximity. I mean, just think about it. You get a cold, you don't want to go on the London Underground, or at least you don't want to be on the London Underground sitting next to someone who's got a cold. Uh, but at least on the London Underground, you can get off. Uh, dairy cow with a cold? No chance. Can't get off, can't get away from the other 500 or whatever cows that are going to be crammed next to it. So they need to keep any sort of disease down. That means a lot of antibiotics and drugs for the cows. But on top of that, how does a cow produce milk? Needs to be pregnant. A cow is not naturally permanently pregnant. So there's a lot of hormones going into these cows to keep them permanently pregnant. Now, this is all simply a fact of industrial milk production. Um, what does it mean for us? Well, a, uh, a part of those hormones and those drugs that's coming through in that milk. That on its own is a reason to think twice about drinking milk. Um, links to serious disease. Yeah, I know, this really gets cheery, doesn't it? Um, so there have been major studies showing strong links between uh, dairy consumption and cancer since the 1950s, it's not that long, since the 1970s, uh, with a particular focus on prostate cancer, gentlemen. Um, so for uh, anyone who'd rather reduce their cancer risk, which I think is just about everyone, but particularly us guys, uh, as we get on a bit, prostate cancer is a massive, uh, massive one for male early mortality. And uh, a lot of studies are showing a link between that and the dairy. Um, there's also a strong link between dairy and incidence of autoimmune diseases, uh, particularly arthritis. Uh, milk proteins, whether they're from milk, yogurt, cheese, or whey protein, are the main culprits for this one. There's an increased arthritis risk there. Um, and in short, cancer and arthritis, um, they're two things that never made 
anyone faster. Unless, of course, that was in making them faster to get to the serious diseases or illnesses ward of the nearest hospital. Not really a place any of us want to go. Um, now, here's, a, uh, here's another one. Milk doesn't build your bones. Um, now, clearly, anyone who's ever known anything about milk and, and dairy and as a whole will be saying, what the hell are you talking about? Um, because milk means healthy bones. Bones need calcium. Milk contains calcium. Therefore, milk is good for bones, right? Must be. Well, uh, it's a logical sense. Um, but an increasing body of scientific evidence is saying not actually the case. Um, one of the big ones taking this out is a study that shows increased milk consumption is linked to increased bone fractures. Um, and the really big one is that the regions in the world with the highest concentration of dairy consumption, uh, really we're talking about North America and Northern Europe, they also have the highest levels of osteoporosis. Uh, flip this one on its head. Countries with the lowest levels of dairy consumption, uh, Africa, India, Japan, they have the lowest levels of osteoporosis. Um, it's a bit of a trend, and it seems to go both ways there. Um, and the reason that there is a link between dairy and osteoporosis is that dairy products contain a high level of something called D-galactose. Um, and this, in, in animals at least, it has been proven that this can accelerate aging. Uh, it can also increase chronic inflammation, and it can decrease immune response while shortening lifespan. Awesome! Now, clearly this is in animals. Um, so there is a question mark, does this pass on to humans or not? Um, but if you then put it against the uh, evidence that's also showing that there's the higher instance of osteoporosis in countries with an increased dairy consumption, as opposed to the flip side on the countries that take less, the picture is starting to build a little bit. Um, and so, if you look at all this, yeah, well, should I be getting off the dairy completely? There's, there's several ways to look at this. Um, no reason why you should bin dairy completely, or, or even at all if you don't want to. Um, and you could always look at this and, and say, well, that evidence says dairy's not so good, uh, but there's all this other evidence that says it is good. Um, it's the classic mail on Sunday type scenario where on, on one day you read that, let's say, red wine gives you cancer, and two days later you read that red wine's actually really good for you. Um, so what are we supposed to believe? There will be an equal amount. Right? You can spend your life sifting this evidence instead. Why not just use some, use some common sense instead? Um, there's an equal amount of apparently equally high quality evidence on both sides of the argument, which at best means that you can say, or at worst of these things, that there is a 50% chance that this stuff is bad for you. Um, and this is where the argument, uh, certainly we would find at 33 Shake, this is where the argument starts to gain a lot of credence for dropping milk, because what is the consequence of dropping milk and dairy from your diet? Well, basically it's nothing, uh, as we'll see with these steps. It's really easy to do, and you're not missing any nutrients at all. Um, whereas if you keep it, if you then assume that 50% of the evidence says it's fine and 50% of the evidence says it's really quite bad for you, well, you're now taking a 50% punt at best on increased risk of cancer, osteoporosis, arthritis, and things like that. And for us, that's just, it's not a good deal. If this was a financial investment, no one would take it. 50% massive downside. Whereas if you remove the dairy, it's all upside for nothing. So if you thought, well, based on this, maybe I'll give it a go. Um, here's how you can do it. First of all, you want to swap all of your milk for milk substitutes. Now, this used to mean 
um, going and finding the one shop within a 30 mile radius, normally run by someone with a beard and sandals and probably dubious high personal hygiene and filled with the kind of people you'd normally possibly cross the road to avoid uh, in order that you could find some hemp milk or some oat milk. But uh, you know, thanks to so much more awareness about dairy and genuine consumer demand, it is as easy as going to the local supermarket and going, well, I won't buy the milk, I'll buy the almond milk or the oat milk or the soy milk or whatever it is. There are at least five varieties found in any major supermarket now. Makes it really easy to get rid of the milk. Um, so that's the first step. Now, next bit. Um, one quick note on soy milk. Uh, yes, it's a very good and viable uh, alternative milk. However, soy as a commodity is one of the most genetically modified, modified uh, ingredients out there, which means uh, that if you are going for a soy option, make sure it is organic and non-GMO. This is not simply about being posh and weird with labels. Genuinely with soy, it really matters. So soy is a great ingredient, but only when you're assured that it's non-GMO and organic. So with that note, let's go on. Uh, next thing, go nuts with the blender. Another great play on words here, because if you look at most uh, almond milk, look at the ingredients on a packet of almond milk. It's basically water with a little bit of almonds in it. Um, so uh, we tried to unpick that recipe in our own personal journeys here at 33 Shape when we started to remove dairy a few years ago, uh, which by the way has worked really well for us. Um, and we thought, well, we could probably do this at home. If you've got a high power blender, chuck a cup of water in, four or five almonds per cup of water, spin on high power, bingo, you're gonna get something that looks like milk coming out of it. Now, you can pour this straight into porridge. If you're using it in coffee and tea, just one note, it's probably gonna separate and look a bit weird. So, uh, particularly when mixing it with coffee, one of the best things to do is pour the coffee and the milk once it's all hot, Put it back in the blender, spin it again, and this has the added benefit of bringing the whole thing out like a really frothy cappuccino. Um, and it's a really, really tasty and, and sensible, useful alternative there. Now you will get some little bits of nuts at the bottom of this if you choose to make your almond milk this way, but what's wrong with that? Almonds are right tasty and kind of good for you too. Um, you will find a lot of websites out there telling you that if you want to do uh, uh, your own almond milk, you've got to strain it through cheesecloth, and frankly, life is too short for all that nonsense. Uh, if you have the patience for that, all power to you, but if you don't, honestly, just spinning it some almonds, some water in a blender, bingo. What about the cheese? Well, I'll tell you what, getting rid of the cheese or uh, substituting cheese is one of the biggest hurdles uh, that we found commonly for anybody who thinks they want to reduce or, or even remove their dairy consumption altogether. Um, so how do you do it? Well, first of all, good news. Uh, and uh, having been on this track personally myself for several years, uh, it's much, much easier now. Major high street chains, Pret a Manger, uh, Pizza Express, a lot of the main supermarkets, you're already going to find a lot of vegan sandwiches and pizza options in there. So, you know, really nice pizzas with no cheese on them. Um, good alternatives that get you that kind of savory, tangy mouthfeel from cheese. Um, avocados are a good one. They don't quite have the tang, but they've got the mouthfeel and that sort of that hit of fat. Um, whereas the um, hummus is another great alternative as well. So you're gonna have to start going off piste a bit, but once you've worked out what's you, what your substitutes are, you find you're not gonna miss cheese much at all. Okay, whey protein. Um, 
clearly this is a dairy product. Uh, if you remember Little Miss Muffet, she sat on her tuffet eating her curds and whey. Um, this is a byproduct of milk production. Um, best way to think of whey protein is to think of it as no whey protein, as in no way am I gonna put that in my body? Why is this? Well, let's look back a little bit. Quick history lesson on whey protein. Uh, before it was sold to athletes, um, the dairy companies actually had to pay to get rid of their whey powder um, because it was polluting to rivers. So then they kind of worked out, well, we could probably recycle this into the business. They started to use it as feed for the cattle. And then someone worked out, do you know what? We can probably get athletes to pay a lot more. That's the whey protein story, right? But beyond this, um, you've got all the downsides of dairy. Uh, you've got the increased inflammation, the increased uh, acidity, the degalactose. All of those things are going on. All the downsides, you've got the milk, cheese, and yogurt. You've got them with whey powder. But on top of that, like whey powder is never going to come from the best quality milk out there. It just makes no business sense for anyone producing it because it's a cheap product to make. Um, you don't use your highest quality organic milk to turn into some powder with sweetener in it, which is all whey protein is. Um, so, yeah, if... You are thinking about this and thinking, but how on earth will I get enough protein? Um, this is the subject of a whole separate video, but just a quick diversion into this subject is that um, we're all getting more than enough protein as it is. The kind of idea that we're not getting enough and that we must have loads more with an immediate certain window, otherwise we'll get weak and slow and the big boys will kick sand in our face. Largely a construct of the whey protein industry, funnily enough, it's sold an awful lot of products. It's been a very powerful message. Um, so much so that I'm sure there are plenty of you watching this going, yes, but what about the protein? So I'm coming to that. Uh, all food contains protein to some degree or another. I mean, let's face it, cows don't drink milk or eat meat. Uh, they eat grass and they turn that into protein. Um, so if you, uh, when you're eating any whole foods, you're getting protein. Um, but am I getting enough? Okay, so the average UK adult is already eating 74 grams of protein a day, as opposed to the daily recommended amount of 55 grams for an adult. Um, this is average adults, this is not someone focusing on their training, these are people who are not focusing on their diet, they are not focusing on their training, they're just eating kind of the average UK diet, and they are getting almost, uh, what, 50% more protein than we need as it stands. Now as an athlete, let's say if you're a 70 kilo athlete, you might be wanting to go for about a, uh, recommendations at least would say, well you want um, a gram of protein per kilo of body weight. Well as you can see, that average UK adult who's already getting 74 grams of protein without thinking about it, is quite enough for a 70 kilo athlete. So basically, all you gotta do is be conscious of a need for a little extra protein around training time, and make sure there's some on your plate, whether you're gonna get that from lentils, nuts, beans, peas, or whether you are gonna get it from uh, quality meat and fish, if that's your thing. So there we have it. That is the wild world of dairy and athletic performance. Well, I hope you enjoyed that one, uh, our wild foray into the world of do you dairy or don't you dairy. Um, let us know your thoughts and experiences. Have you tried giving up dairy? Do you think it's all a load of old nonsense? Have you seen performance benefits? Do you know someone who's trying it? Or has this inspired you to give it a go? Um, whatever it is, let us know. You'll find all of our contact details for email and all of our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Strava, the whole nine yards, we're everywhere. Uh, you'll find all the links for that uh, in the show notes below. And on top of that, if you do want the very best 
uh, in sports nutrition for your endurance performance, whether it's cycling, swimming, running, or triathlon, why not check us out? You'll find us at 33shake.com.